Hey everybody, Peter Mancuso here from a little show called Now That's What I Call a Franchise. Maybe you've heard of it. Before getting into this week's episode, um, I just wanted to talk about some stuff going on. Um, we record our episodes you know, months in advance, but as of the release of this episode, uh, both the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild uh, have gone on strike against basically all of mainstream Hollywood, uh, which is represented by the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Basically, both unions are demanding their fair share of the profits that their hard work and uh, dedication produces for these, you know, multinational media conglomerates and uh, their overpaid CEOs. Now, when SAG went on strike, there were some questions around what counted as promotion, uh, something that could be considered crossing the picket line. Um, and there's been a lot of confusion and misinformation and mixed signals about this, uh, particularly for non-union members, um, even just covering older films released by these struck companies. And on our show, that's all we do, right? We've covered like three franchises owned by Disney, which I think speaks volumes about the state of the industry. Um, and now we're focusing on Batman, which of course is owned by Warner Brothers. So what do we do? Well, after sifting through all the information the best we could, we've decided to continue our release schedule as planned. Uh, we're not doing this out of laziness. Uh, if anything, delaying our schedule would actually give us more time that we desperately need uh, to watch these films and record our thoughts. But by releasing our episodes as planned, uh, we at least have the chance to insert this intro uh, and make it clear in no uncertain terms, Viviana and I and the New Arts Workshop stand with workers above and below the line, striking or not, unionized or not. And we're not going to remove this intro from our episodes until the studios satisfy the union's demands. If you want to help the cause, post about it on social media or donate to each union's respective strike funds. Alone, we can't do anything. Together, we can change everything. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox now. Time for the show. You're listening to the New Artist Workshop. You boys thought you could come in here and steal all these beautiful things. What a perfect idea. your favorite podcast. Now that's what I call a French. Viviana's laughing at me. <laughs> I haven't even gotten through it. I'm here to make you so. What are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> you wait so long to say it. The anticipation kills me. <laughs> I do when I when I do like, that before we record, I'll like be like, okay, I'm ready. <gasps> Hello and welcome. Yeah, then I hold it a little long. I never know when to expect it. Anywho, I'm Viviana <laughs> Metzger, um, and this is the show where Peter and I, we pick a film franchise, and then we go through every single installment of that franchise. Uh, the good ones, the bad ones, and even the ugly ones. And so. to be clear... I just said so. Oh, okay. And to be clear, we're designing a franchise. You know what? This is a silly movie. We're in a silly movie. This today. is a silly episode, and we're not even but drunk. I'm not silly about the rules. And the rules are to be a franchise, it needs to be a series of films with at least four entries, okay? So, Viviana, what are we talking about today? 
You literally tell them every week. Don't you think they... Well, they might have stumbled. This might be their first episode. <laughs> These episodes can more or less be listened to out of order. So if you happen to find this episode because you saw it boosted on Facebook because you like Halle Berry, th- then Halle th- Berry. I'm explaining how the podcast works. All right, all right. What are we talking about today? So today we are talking about the 2004 film Catwoman. And of course, this is your one and only spoiler warning. If you haven't watched the movie, go do that before listening to this episode. Uh, we established in previous episodes that... Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, they could be found on certain apps. <laughs> an app specifically. Um, starting with an M and then ending with an X. So, um, if you could just figure that out. Box? <laughs> oh, Max! Mox. You got Moxie, kid. <laughs> I don't know why he's so against it. If he's going to say the four installment thing every, or four Because that's always going to be true. But okay. this may not be on Max. What if, what if Warner Brothers gets sold for parts and Max doesn't exist anymore? Okay, well, as, Which is actually very likely. Okay, well, as of August 2023, Catwoman and all Warner Brothers... Things are on Max. Brother, singular brother. Warner brother thing. <laughs> <laughs> Only one Warner brother, not Warner Bros. What the other one? Um, okay, why don't you Anyways, give us the so I'm going to give you the letterbox blurb. Okay. <clears throat> Liquidated after discovering a corporate conspiracy, mild-mannered graphic artist Patient Phillips washes up on an... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Patience Phillips, not Patient Phillips. That's what I said, Patience. It sounded like you said patient Philip. Paging patient Phillips. Can you shut the fuck up? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, start all over again. No, you can just pick up. All right. Liquidated after discovering a corporate conspiracy, mild-mannered graphic artist Patience Phillips washes up on an island where she's resurrected and endowed with the prowess of a cat, and she's eager to use her new skills as a vigilante. Before you can say... (laughs) Cat and Mouse, handsome gumshoe Tom Lone is on her tail. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty long letterbox blurb. Um, a few notes here. I like the use of the verb liquidated, meaning instead of fired or let go. Um, I, I I just was I was just recently let go from a job. I wish they had said we're liquidating you. They said terminate. That's like, the, I guess, the normal corporate one. That's what one. they say at stores. They're like, like we're liquidating. Yeah, a liquidation sale. Everything must go. Yeah, so. Um, also, the way this Peter. is written is pretty funny. <laughs> is She's eager to use her new skills, dot, 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 as a vigilante. Yeah, the, the prowess of a cat, dash. And she's eager to use her new skills, dot, 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 as a vigilante. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's not a very strongly constructed sentence but mm. it, it, it's it's rather I don't know who does the copyright it's rather odd it's rather odd way to write a sentence but before you can say cat and mouse handsome gumshoe the fuck a gumshoe is like a oh, well, it's, like, it's like almost like, like an investigator a man no no a detective <laughs> it's a slang term for a private detective even though he's not a private detective Since he's a when? police officer um, it's fr- um, Why would a the PI term comes from those that wore street shoes. shoes with thick, soft, and quiet rubber soles. Gumshoe was like a term, like so they could kind of prowl around and. Sounds like he's got gum on his shoe. I I know. He I know stepped in and put, and he stepped in some gum. And that's not even accurate because he's a police officer. He's a he's a hired by he's the city. Hired police department. by the city. He's not a PI whatsoever. 
Okay, why don't I give you some basic info? Cat and I can see you jumping out of your there's wanting no, to jump out of your no, skin. There's no mice even in this, is it? So yeah, no, it's a cat, a cat and mouse game. But if anything, in this uh, analogy, she's the mouse because she's being chased by the police officer. But then she's also chasing the one the the corporate. So maybe she's the cat, and they're the mouse. <laughs> but the but the police officer is the dog. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. All I all I got to say is. Open toed heels? Question mark exclamation point. Anyways, let's do some basic info and then re- get really get into it. Yeah. So it was directed by Pitoff, uh, <laughs> who is a French visual effects supervisor. Uh, their real name is Jean Christophe Comar. They're Jean? French, as I said, Jean. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It didn't. See- I believe this was their directorial debut. Um, I don't know how they got this job. I don't know how... (laughs) I don't know what Warner Brothers... And I'm not even saying this based off the quality of the film. But, like, if I'm Warner Brothers in 2002 or 3 or whenever they're developing this, Mm -hmm. I don't know what Pitoff has... Like, what what credentials he had or who he had to sleep with to get... Because I don't understand why they would hand this big budget... Like well, property, it, it, it's to basically the, an animated film. It's guess like, guess how much this was made for? A hundred million dollars <laughs> in two thousand four. <laughs> so just for inflation, but it, and they oh gave that God. to Pitoff. That's what I understand. I'm sure a lot of it went to went to um, Halle Berry, but no, I mean this is basically and Sharon Stone and oh and, yeah, Sharon Stone. and VFX probably. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Alex, too. She's not a big name. She had been in some stuff, right? But not, she's not a name. She can't command a huge salary. No, no, no. Especially back then, no. A something. Her her claim to fame, Viviana's referring to Alex Alex Bornstein. Bornstein. Or Borstein. Borstein. Yeah, I I think Bor. Um, Who, uh, most recently, like the past few years, was on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as kind of like the co-lead, which is the manager. Um, but I believe up to this point, her main claim to fame was being on, um, oh, what was that? What was the name of it? It was like, not SNL. It was like a SNL, like B or C level version. It was called, I think, Mad City or something Uh, or, hold on, let me look it up because now it's going to drive me crazy. But she was on Gilmore Girls too, right? I know the main person was Melissa McCarthy, but I think. Oh, I don't know. Oh, she was, she was on the Mad TV sketch comedy series. Um, the Little Triangle Men on, on Cartoon Network? No, it's... Oh. No, this is for adults. It's like an SNL-type show. No. That was on, like, the... was, like, a, a big kind of... Especially with the dawn of YouTube, like, watching, like, Mad TV skits on YouTube. Oh, um, But she was also... Um, her, her biggest credit is that she's Lois in Family Guy. She's the mom. Oh, uh, yeah. That's her biggest, like, claim to fame. Oh, really? Okay. Um... Um, but anyway, no. I'm saying at this point, she was she was on like a a shitty but good in a weird way sketch comedy show and a voice <laughs> of an anime series that got canceled and then they brought it back because it was a cult following. <laughs> so no. So Alex Borstein did not command a large salary no, for this film. No, she's, she's got a little bit. She was know? also in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yes, yes, as um the mean lady. Oh, I was going to say Miss like like Trunchbull, like but the, that's from that's Matilda. Matilda. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is directed by Pitoff. Uh, it was written by... A lot of you. John... Yes. It was written by John Brancato, um, or Brancato, 
uh, Michael Ferris and John Rogers. So Brancato and Ferris were like a, are a writing duo. They direct, uh, excuse me, they wrote The Game, which I believe is like a thriller with Michael Douglas. Um, and they also wrote the third Terminator film, um, Rise of the Machines, which is, I have not seen, but from my here is like not great. It's but, the third installment in a franchise. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's... What do you... What do you that think? says a lot right there. What do you mean? <laughs> I beg to differ. Because High School Musical 3 is the best of the High School Musical. That is a lie! That we'll, is a we'll lie! We'll cover it eventually. There that's are the four one. films. There are three. And then there was a direct video Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Oh, there yes, are four yes. films. We will do High School we Musical will be eventually. That. Yes, okay. Um, but anyway, and then and then the third writer credited John Rogers. Uh, he was the creator of the Jackie Chan Adventures, the animated cartoon. Did you ever watch this? Oh, sure. There was an animated no? cartoon about cool. Jackie Chan as like a fictional version of himself, being like yeah. an actual like kung fu master, like fighting crime and stuff. Like no, I I watched the Andre three thousand one. I didn't know there was a Jackie no. Chan one. No, That's no. Cool. Um, it was produced by Denise Denovi and Edward L. McDonnell. If you recognize Denovi's name, she produced Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. We have a little bit of a female representation here since yeah, it is Catwoman. Yeah. Um, this is the first one that we've watched, but it won't be the last, surprisingly. Um, this is the first one that we've watched that does not, not only does not feature Batman... But, like, he's not in it, he's not mentioned, nor is anything really about that. Like, they, they yeah. don't say it's Gotham by any means, but I included it in us doing the Batman franchise because Catwoman is, a, is ostensibly clearly, a Batman character. Yeah. It's very much, it's, you're drawn in because it's like, oh, that Batman character. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that's what makes it count. Even, even though they definitely, like, do try to distinguish themselves, like, I mean, with it being a completely different character. And you know, like yeah, she's not Selena like Kyle. More which... historical, kind of like magically based. Um, kind of, kind of playing off of like I guess the idea in Batman Returns, where like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman dies and the cats lick her to life. Like yeah, similar, but, but which again is not from the comics, from my understanding. Catwoman is, is just a cat. She's just a cat burglar. Yeah, but this is more like this is more like historical and like like for thousands of years the cat yeah. gods have been. It's like you know, oh, she's like the chosen one. Yeah, which for, is very uh, bizarre. Whatever reason. Um, it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures per usual. It was released in July of two thousand and four. Great Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, or like that time. Like I said, it was made for a budget of about hundred million dollars, and it grossed eighty-two million. Oh. So we've talked about this on the show before. So typically, yuck, yuck, yuckity, when you look up a budget for a movie, that really only includes like the movie, and it doesn't include like marketing, advertising, like things like that, right? So for a movie to break even, if you see a movie was made for hundred million and it made a hundred million, that's not breaking even. Like you probably need you probably need to make double your budget in order to quote unquote break even when you consider all the marketing costs, right? Mm-hmm. But this didn't even do that. This didn't even make up that initial $100 million budget. Pitch off! You owe us money! You know, and, um, but it's so funny to think about, like, imagine if someone, if, like, I made a movie mm-hmm. for, like, a million dollars and I made $82 million, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a, definitely a different era. I mean, this is, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. But it reflects, like, a modern thing that we're seeing now with the box office is, like, you see movies, like, you know, make 
you know, like nine figures, like in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And they're considered failures because the yeah. budgets have ballooned. Yeah. Because basically the mid-budget movie has more or less disappeared. So all you get are like super low-budget indie movies and giant giant blockbuster tentpole movies so, right so so when they so when they don't make a billion dollars it's a failure and it's like oh, it only made 500 million dollars it's like only 500 million dollars i know, but you know? <laughs> so so this <laughs> kind of this, so much to us this this is very different than that but it just <laughs> kind of so makes me think of that where it's like 82 million dollars like imagine if like i made a movie that made 82 million dollars like that'd be incredible Zoe right? mama we're going to red lobster <laughs> yeah <laughs> So Viviana, you we the past many several episodes for a really long time I've asked, sure. do you know anything about this movie? And you've had and you've have it. But this one you've seen. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this a few times. I've never, so I tell me about this. About I don't know exactly how many times, um, but um, you know, I, I saw it a few times growing up. Um, I thought it was fine, you know. Uh, I think it was cool to see, you know, like uh, hot, <laughs> like woman of color, you know, be a badass superhero. I will hero. give the movie credit for that. That it's um, like in two thousand four, they have like a black yeah. woman. Um, yeah, um, but I think so that she, she, for some reason she's not allowed to be Selena Kyle. Like I don't know why they didn't just. Are, are, did they know. make her a different character because they? Is that like copyright or something? No, they own the copyright. They 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 they're the well, ones they making never, the movies. They never mentioned Gotham. I don't know. They, well, I think. There could be a few reasons for this. Number one, they wanted to try to do their own thing. Yeah. And they didn't want to be tied down to comic book fans' expectations. So it's like if you name her Selena Kyle, yeah. there's like immediately there's going to be like all these like expectations. That's true. Especially because they did a lot more like histo- like mm-hmm. quote unquote historically based mm-hmm. type things. Or so. it could just be racist. Racism. They're just like, well, you well, know- we'll cast Halle Berry, but we can't have her be like the Catwoman. So she's like a new version. Well, which is unfortunate. You know, in like second or third grade, uh, the the teacher told my mom that she couldn't be Dorothy in the school play because she's black. So she had to be the Wicked Witch of the West. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. Ah, ah, I swear ah, to God. I'm not laughing because that's like, I'm laughing because that's preposterous. Like, just telling a child. It's like, you can't be Dorothy. You're black. In the 80s. In the 80s. Um, People people say. It definitely could be that. (laughs) I'm going to say, people. People, don't get me on this tangent, but like people think like, oh, Martin Luther King civil rights movement. Like we did, we solved racism. Like no. things like this didn't are not that long ago. Yeah, like, that's like a living. Your mom's not that old. Yeah, she's only like in her early forties. Not to age to date your mother. But. No, yeah. Well, I mean, like, my, yeah, my grandparents. Got so like, it's not like she's like of... eighty and she's like, oh, when I was a kid, things were so different. <laughs> like this wasn't that long ago. No, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my my grandparents faced a lot of like flack and and. Um, you know, kind of mm-hmm. apprehension, you know, him being a black man and her being a white woman. 79, you know? 1979. Uh, 1979. Not their age. <laughs> no, they yeah. They were geriatric in, into couple. In 1979, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, Smashing Pumpkins wrote a song about it. <laughs> the song, so, 1979. So, oh, what? So, you know, post-peace post and love, whatever, post-civil rights, people were still anxious, so. Yeah. Whatever. But that so that very well could be a reason. Um, so was this movie something that you really, really liked? Or was just kind of like, oh, that was good, and then kind of forgot about it, like, all this time? No, yeah, I just thought it was fine. I've definitely heard the the things of people saying, like, 
it's like the worst movie ever made, but I mean, or one of it has that I don't reputation. Think of- so I think I've definitely seen a lot like movies that have been a lot worse. Um, I think it's just kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, it, I will say I was a but, little disappointed at how yeah. not horrible it was. <laughs> now here's the thing, though, what? is that on an objective because I wanted to be even more entertainingly bad, but there are yeah. moments that are bad. There are moments that are so bad it's good. Like, I'm like, this is actually kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. But most of it's just boring. Like, most mm-hmm. of it's just mediocre. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I feel like you can't, like, entirely pin it on Halle Bear. Because I feel like... I think like, she's the best she's doing. She, yeah, she, I mean, we were she both... She understood the assignment. Yeah, you know? we were both saying how, like, she was, like, actually, like, really committing to it. Like, even if it was silly. Like, when she was fucking rubbing the catnip on her face. <laughs> It's, but, like, she's, like, dead serious about <laughs> No, I'm not saying she's committing and, therefore, it's, like, good acting. No. But, but it's, it's like, like, I gotta give her... You can't say that she's, like, she checked out. Like, yeah, she's really yeah. trying. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that was her acting decisions or if that was direction. <laughs> she does this thing where it's, like, she's, like, literally like a cat. Like, because now she's been imbued with these special powers. Like, the, if she yeah, smells the catnip, she'll be, like twitchy like a cat and like sniffing it and like yeah and the in the vision too and like hypersensitive like uh, almost like spider senses and stuff yeah yeah but, yeah but, as, but like, so i cat. think that that's also another difference too because like for selena i mean at least in the show like at least in the movie with michelle pfeiffer like it doesn't like it, it has the magical effect, effect that like they lick her it and brings she her comes to life, but to she doesn't life. really have powers. But it, yeah, it doesn't really say anything. Except about, it can like, be more like acrobatic, maybe. But like, yeah, that's more like that's not really like explicit. So whereas this, she has yeah. like legitimate cat. This is more powers. Yeah, like like instinctual, like like biological. I don't know. Um, so, but she always lands on her feet no matter what. Like. <laughs> Or like her hands and feet Bitch rather. pushed her off the second floor. Yeah. But the woman who, so the woman who, I guess, like, teaches her the ways. The creepy or like lady the understand from the American Horror Story. Is the creepy lady from American Horror Story, but she's also the mom in Joker. So we will see her once again. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so that was fun. I was looking at her. Like, Why does she look so familiar? Remember, I mean, we'll talk about this more, like, in that episode, of course. Like, when we'll talk about, like. Look, I know what you're going to bring up. Don't bring it up. But it's just so chilling, I just wanted to say. I mean, guess so, but it's not relevant to this at all. Oh. Uh, but like it's, but it's her! That story. It's her! Okay, you tell it. Tell, fine, fine! <laughs> and then we'll have nothing to talk about when we talk about We'll Joker. just talk about it again! Oh my goodness. Anywho, so, nervous to see Joker, right? There was a lot of, like... Unfounded stuff. hype about, like, there's going to be a mass shooting at, at a screening. Yeah, there was, like, a lot of similarities pulled together from, like, the, what is it? Batman Returns basically he's like an incel. or something. Is that the one? Batman? Or no, Dark Knight Rises. And how... Well, there was a shooting there, but just the fact that Joker basically, like, idolizes an incel. Who well, that too, but, but also there was, like, a, there was a precedent. There was, which we will talk about. You're uh, taking subject matter from two of our episodes now and throwing in the Catwoman. Anyways, so what... That says something, right? It needs Mm. something. Anywho, Mm. we were watching the movie in the theater, right? And the creepy lady, right? She plays the mom. And I guess he, like, suffocates her, right? Smothers her with a pillow. Smothers her. In the hospital. And this man behind us laughs! No, he started clapping. 
Clapping? He was laughing. He was like chuckling. No, he started clapping. I know. He, he went like this. It was in a dead silent theater. I was not anxious until he did that. And then I was like, I don't <laughs> we like were going to die. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very uncomfortable. I was like scouting out the exits. I was like, oh man, like like I wasn't scared before, but now like like I'm like yeah. unsettled in my seat. Mm-hmm. Um but anywho, yeah, thought it was kind of cool just for the Halle Berry aspect, you know, like like her from X Men and you know what. Well, it's true. We get to we 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 revisit our old friend. She yeah, she's a superhero again. Um, so she did. This would have been between X Two and X Men: The Last Stand, um, which is interesting because in The Last Stand they give her character a lot more prominence. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's kind of like taking over like the leadership role. And, yes, yes, so it's yes. kind of interesting. This is kind of like in between. Yeah. Maybe um, she was like, I really have to double down on the X-Men because this Catwoman <laughs> thing's not going to work out. Oh, this this must have been pretty physical. I mean, like, all the shit that she does. I know a lot of it is, like, CGI, but, like... Oh, horrible CGI. Like, yeah, really Even bad. for the time. Even for 2004, really, like, yeah. <laughs> it looks like, uh, like, PS2 pre-rendered <laughs> graphics. So, for those of you who don't know, like, a lot about games, like, there are graphics, like... So, so in order to like move around and actually do stuff in a game, the graphics have to be rendered in real time. So that's why like video game graphics are always like behind movie animation. Yeah. Like like Pixar movie, look like Toy Story nineteen ninety five looks better than like a three D video game in nineteen ninety five because yeah. those those effects have to be rendered in real time. Whereas with Toy Story, they render a frame, and now the frame is the frame. Right. What? You mean like uploading? Like rendering, like uploading? Kind of. Think of it like, um, oh, what's like a good example? Like, basically, in a game, it's all in real time, right? It's not a recording. It's not pre-rendered. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? So anything can happen. Oh, so it's like, it, it So it requires more computing power. Okay. Whereas, where something that's pre-rendered, mm-hmm. like, it, like, they'll have a computer, like, I think they talk about, like, modern anime movies. Like, it'll yeah. take, like, a full, like, 24 hours to render one frame of, like, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, wow. Right? In its fullest quality, right? Yeah. Um, but then it, once you do that, now you have it all. But it, it, so you can just yeah. play it over and over. Whereas with a video game, it's all in real time. Yeah. So this... Looks like a PS2 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but only the pre-rendered scenes of a PS2 game, <laughs> right? Like, like it just looks like very rubbery and like the physics don't work. Like when yeah. she jumps, like, it's like... It looks kind of weird. Like the human brain is really good at detecting things that aren't too. real. Oh, Bill, there's like, a lot of like establishing shots sweeping through. Um, I feel like, like worse than like the Matrix, like when the... The Matrix came out five years before this and still looks good today. I know, but like, yeah, like because they put a lot of effort and money into it. Whereas this, like, because like the outside parts are like obviously they look weird and whatnot, and like the you know the farming. Mm -hmm. But then like this just looks like I don't know, like fake. It just yeah, it just looks weird. Rubbery, plasticky. Yeah. Again, when characters are her particular jumping around like, like poorly lit. The way well that that's a big pro- that was a big problem I think that with also CGI for the longest time was that that's what made it look un unrealistic was lighting yeah but now they've developed a lot of really complex like computational things to mimic the way that actual light 
mathematically <laughs> works and bounces off of things. And it's like kind of mind blowing. If you ever watch these videos, like explain like how they do it in the mm-hmm. computer. Um, but at this time, yeah, it was not there. Yeah. Or so, it's something like even like a... I mean, even Jurassic Park came out a decade before this looks better. <laughs> Jurassic well, I was going to say... Because they, really, the they do a good job of blending it. Yeah. Where it's a lot of practical and then CGI supplements. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, this, I will say they do a decent amount of stunt work. Yeah. Here. That is yeah. practical stunt work. Mm-hmm. But the way they transit, like, it just, it's... It's very painful. It's like, oh, that stunt work. Yeah. Okay, now and now she's like a PS2 character jumping around. Like, it's very sharp. <laughs> oh, my God. Sharp. And then, oh, when you pointed out in that one scene, that one action scene, when it was like a cut, like every, like, second. The, oh, this like, movie. It was like extremely choppy. Like, the, the, I, I don't know what you mean by. Get, like, motion sick. I, I don't know what you mean by that one scene. Because the whole movie... Well, I guess. Whoever edited this... Extremely prominent in that one. Whoever edited this... I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to look it up, and we're going to name drop you, and I'm going to shame you on, no. on live... Well, not, they we're, were working live. with... This isn't live, and it's doing, not television. They were doing the best they could. Edited by Sylvie Landra. A woman. So... No, I'm just joking. Don't malign her. She was working with the best she could. She was but working with a, a French auteur. The, the editing in this is so choppy and disorienting. The amount of shots per second, per second. Usually, it's like maybe two or three seconds per shot. If anything, it's uh, it's a few shots per second. Yeah. It is especially those action sequences. Oh. It is. And there was the one where it, ridiculous. They, <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> it was a double take. There was. A- oh, they did. There's a there's a part where Catwoman gets stabbed, and they cut to her like reacting. But then the, the next shot is her reacting again from like the same camera angle. <laughs> It was like, (laughs) it was very strange. It was very silly. Um, But yeah, anywho, so I guess that's, you know, it's disgusting. That's kind of why, you know, had some some prevalence, I guess, in in my house, uh, my household growing up. It was a it was a strong Uh, uh, woman of color. Strong woman of color. Yeah. Like lead in a in a movie, you know, in a pretty, I would say pretty prominent movie, you know, not prominent, but like, yeah, you know. Not like a like a, a BET. This was a big it's movie. Not, not oh, like yeah. a, it's not like a BET original. It's like it like you know whatever. This was a big. This was a major motion picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you want to, um, you want to learn about how? What it was about made? you? you just... I never seen this again. Its reputation never heard preceded anything? it. Or you just heard about the being it? Oh. Yeah. Basically, all I knew was like you know. Was that later on? This is on? part of... What's that? Was that later on or was that like... Almost before it even came out. I think they did like a test screening and people were like, this is awful. Like, Oh, but you knew about this when you were seven? No, are you saying did I learn about yeah, it later on or yeah. did the hate come out later no, on? No, no, no. Whenever I started to become conscious and was oh, learning oh, oh. about movies and reading about like oh, okay. past movies and stuff. Well, because this, this is part of like that early superhero genre growing pain. From yeah, like, yeah. you know, like the early two thousands sure. up until like Iron Man or Dark Knight, when it really kind of like settles into itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, you you get X two the year before this, mm-hmm. and Batman Begins the year after this. Two of yeah. like my favorite movies ever, and then in between you get this one, right? You know what I mean? So <laughs> and you get the Incredibles this year too, like in two thousand four, right? <laughs> They're so, trying different things. So 
Um, it, it is definitely emblematic of that era of studios just not quite knowing what to do with these properties. But yeah. that was, in a weird way, good because that meant that bigger creative risks could be taken. Yeah, Once sure. it became such a big business, studios became much more narrow. And they became much more narrower and more safe. Yeah. And what they were willing to do with these properties. Yeah. Which we're only starting now starting to see experimentation with like like I think Joker's okay, but it's like really cool, like something like Joker exists. Mm-hmm. And then like Spider-Verse and things. Like yeah. it just the fact that it's like a small budget, like a low budget mm-hmm. or mid budget R-rated, essentially drama, mm-hmm. thriller drama about like not even the Joker, just like a, a mentally ill dude. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Like, like expanding upon. How so it's only really now characters yeah. can be told. Just like the way they um, made that movie, like it doesn't feel like a a, a standard like generic cookie cutter yeah. superhero movie, right? Um, uh, yeah. But so this is part of that era when it's just like you have big, you get you big swings. It's always a big swing. Oh, yeah. Well, that... Sorry, I just remembered. So that... Yeah, that was something that I was thinking watching the movie was that, like... It it just seems like it doesn't know what it wants to be or, like, has a clear vision. And I think um, Mm. it also has the classic problem of, you know, um, having strangely written characters for women like i don't know why it's so difficult for people to write like (laughs) for like women to like be a character in a story um but this feels like men wrote and directed it yeah like like not only that but then like it it just like because you have like alex borstein's character who like her only character trait is just being like super horny (laughs) and man and and man crazy (laughs) yeah um and then you have like Sharon Stone, who's like obsessed with like her looks. And then there's like, there's like, they're all just like patients, stereotypes. Yeah, who's like not obsessed with looks, right? She's like all very brains, frumpy. but then like that makes her very frumpy. But then like, like when she's not that, then she's like some like dominatrix, like you know, kind of. I, I wonder if this like, sorry, I wonder how much of this i'd really i was also thinking about like the origin of like this character and like i would really like to know more about that because i watched the what is it mr marsden and the two ladies or oh the thing about the creation of wonder woman it yes, was all about yes. like it was all about like and how it BDSM was and stuff and that's why yeah. wonder woman has like the lasso of truth like, yeah, and how like something like that you look, I've never look, seen it. look yeah. at it and and not think of that stuff today, but that's like where a lot of it was based off of, right? And so like this is like this kind of screams that a lot more than I would say like like at least visually, you know, first glance than than something like Wonder Woman just because of the colors and whatnot. So like you know the tight like barely there like leather suit you know um so i i would i'm definitely interested in knowing more about the origins of catwoman um and well i believe i read her first appearance she doesn't even have like a costume she oh she's just what she's a cat burglar she's catwoman but she's not like dressed like a cat at all Mm. i i think because it's so obvious yeah. I don't think that's it. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know if the character don't has any BDSM uh, origins. 
Whereas the Wonder Woman one kind of makes sense because it's like his interests you, kind of bleed, indirectly bleeding into. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were polyamorous and they, they had like... Whereas this like, seems like a little too on the nose. Like I feel yeah. like it wasn't... I just mean like this costume specifically. Like This well, costume's guess, out of this world. And I guess like the Michelle Pfeiffer one too because like... That one's leather as well. That was yeah. like... Well, I think they're all pretty much leather but like the kind of the pins keeping it together. Well, I guess that was like more grungy. I don't know. But, um... Just because, like, you know, like, the straps, and the, there's, like, a bra and, like, a straps. It's not, like, a corset or, like, a like a Because Michelle Pfeiffer is, is covered from and head then, to toe, except yeah. her mouth and eyes and stuff. Whereas this is very skimpy. And even her pants very are, like, early 2000s kind of, like... Yeah. Like, they're pants, but, like... Low-cut pants and then, like, cutouts for, like, mesh or whatever. That's what I was going to say, because it's, like, and they're then, pants, but, like surface area ratio it's almost like shorts like because it's only like 50 yeah. percent of the leg is actually covered yeah um and oh that that was also something that i brought up like when we were watching because you're like oh this is so choppy and it was like okay well not only are they going back and forth between the shitty cgi but this is also not a very practical costume you know <laughs> probably got her titties popping out or you know probably broke or whatever you know didn't they didn't we say that like it was like Joker, like like it was um, who was it? I think uh, Batman. I think Michael Keaton. Like he he, could, he was he like couldn't forty. Go to the bathroom. There yeah. was like forty different outfits or something because they kept ripping. Oh, oh who was like that? for Val Kilmer or something. Yeah, something in, like in one of those live action ones. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I assume there's you know probably something similar. You know, they got her in open toed heels. Tell me how. Because when you run, you know, she's running around and whatnot, your feet go forward, right? So her little toes. Well, she's dexterous. So like her toes are sticking out over the shoes, and then her toes are getting dirty, and then, you know, the feet are getting sweaty. She needs, like, a boot, like, if anything, or maybe some sneakers you know, or something. When... At least Michelle Pfeiffer had closed-toed shoes. <laughs> well, you know, when they were designing... I don't know if the... Costume designer was a woman or not? It was just um, very 2004. But okay, so it was designed by Angus Strathy, an Australian costume designer. So I presume a man. Um, Angus. So so I'm gonna take a guess that when Angus and Pitoth collaborated, I think they were thinking more about how sexy we can make this and how functional. No, yeah, of course. These well, two men. And it's you know what definitely I mean? <laughs> they and I think when talking about it, they definitely uh leaned into uh modernizing it because the silhouettes are different, right? So the first one is all kind of like a one suit type of thing and like I think she's wearing boots. It kind of like blends in together. Um but then for this, like I said, like very they really emphasize Michelle Pfeiffer's like lankiness. Yeah. With, where, where it's like a lot of physicality in her legs and arms. Yeah. Whereas with this is very much leans into like her base. Like Halle Berry's like still pretty skinny, but she's got like a yeah. booty and and the and a, a, a nice bust, if you will. So they but they <laughs> but lean it, more into that. Like like definitely she's a like yeah two thousand. My letterbox review the... was she's a bad mama jamma. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they lean into that yeah. kind of like. Style of like the early two thousands, like voluptuous, like small top, and then like yeah. flared out pants, um, yeah, and and open toed heels. Too. I'm sorry, I, um, I, I I I we need to pause. I need to just say something. What? We've been circling around this. What? 
this is probably the sexiest character in a movie I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> We're talking about the what? choppy editing. The longest shot in the movie is a 30 second essentially wraparound where the camera is just spinning around her as they slowly go from her feet up showing her in her new costume. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And this shot is like 30, it's long. Like it takes much longer than, it gets started and then you're like, how are we only at her hips? <laughs> and every portion as they go up gets progressively sexier and sexier. <laughs> I don't know how they kept outdoing it. This is Halle Berry. Like her legs, her butt, her, uh, what do you call this? A mid midriff? Mid-drift. Mid-drift. Um, mid, mid-drift. Her bust. Her face. Her, it's like just... She's shiny. They like lube her up. So she's always like shiny. Oh, she can't be ashy, Catwoman. But ash, I don't mean ashy like she looks dry, but she looks like... She what? looks like it's like 100 degrees out. She's hot. She's hot. <laughs> But I'm sorry. I just, I I just wanted to make it clear, um, because the X Men movies kind of did her dirty. She's always Halle Berry is is like just naturally pretty, but but they don't like lean into. Whereas this is all about her feminine, like the like they really do. They they do what they did. Um, they try to do what they did with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, in terms of like the frumpy to sexy, yeah, pipeline, the transformation. Whereas this. She's frumpier, mm-hmm. and then she becomes sexier. Yeah, it's like it's like the extremes. It's like the more it's extreme like, versions. I don't know. I I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. I think like maybe confidence wise, but like you can be smart and sexy. I think so too. You know, you don't have to be frumpy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being frumpy, I guess. But like, you know, you would strive not to be frumpy. But you know, if you had to, if you had to choose between being frumpy. Or grumpy. What would oh, you I'd be grumpy. You'd rather be grumpy than frumpy? <laughs> of course. I'd rather be grumpy and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I be frumpy? <laughs> um, do you want to hear some background on this movie? Yeah, sure. How, how this all came together? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, in terms of the development, with Warner Brothers developing Batman Forever in oh, June both of them? What? Yes, there's more than one. <laughs> I believe there was four brothers. Oh, damn. Mr. and Mrs. Warner. <laughs> And, and that may not have even been all of the sons either. There may have been more sons, but there was like four that were like created the studio in like the the tens, like the teens or the twenties or something. Oh my frick! I, I learned about it before, but I kind of forget now. But anyway, so with Warner Bros. developing Batman Forever in June of '93, <laughs> a Catwoman spinoff uh, film was announced. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer was cast to reprise her role from Batman Returns. Tim Burton became attached as director, and producer Denise yeah. Denovi and writer Daniel Daniel Waters also returned. In June of '94, Burton was unsure of his plans to direct Catwoman. So, like immediately ten after Batman Returns, wow. well, well, don't think of it as ten years before. Think of it as a year after Batman Returns and Michelle Pfeiffer being Catwoman. They're like, it we shows, should spin yeah. this off. Yeah. Um, but it kind of languished, as you'll hear, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, in an August 1995 interview, Pfeiffer reiterated her interest in the spinoff, but explained her priorities would be challenged as a mother and commitments to other projects. Uh, the film labored in development hell for years, with Ashley Judd as the lead in 2001. Oh, um, But she eventually dropped out, so, so Nicole Kidman was considered, <laughs> who had already played a character 
in this universe, if we remember. Oh, she did. Oh, remember, she was the love did. interest for Val Kilmer. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, she's like a fictional. Uh, she's like she's new. No, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, when Warner Brothers canceled a Batman vs. Superman film scheduled for 2004, the studio decided to quickly emphasize bold and underline, as we see is never good, quickly produce Catwoman as, re- as a replacement starring Halle Berry. Berry chose to be involved with the film after the cancellation of Jinx, a James Bond Jinx. spinoff featuring her character Jacinta Jinx Johnson from uh, Die Another Day, which was a, a James oh. Bond film. So I guess she was in that. Oh, we'll get into that. They were going to make a spinoff. Oh, yeah, she was in James Bond. I, I haven't seen, I've only seen like two or, I think, well, I've only seen two James Bond films. Oh, really? That's, that's something that has really? always, I've never really had, has never really entered my consciousness. I've never. Oh, really? Yeah, I know enough about the character in general, but I don't. You never were interested? No, because it never seemed like something, it, I was never interested, interested in it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got old enough where it might have interested me more, mm-hmm. I think, even though it really doesn't matter, I kind of got overwhelmed with like the just the volume of the filmography. Uh, there's like there's like 30 or 35 movies. No, yeah. Done. There, there's like and I know you don't really need to see them all to appreciate them all. Ones? Yeah. But um, it's, no, yeah. I just kind of got overwhelmed with it. And I was like, I have plenty of other shit to do and, and watch. So I was like, yeah. oh. Well, I figured you'd just pick the, the modern installment the most recent well the ones yeah. i've seen are goldeneye which people say is often one of the better ones mm-hmm. from the 90s um and then i saw but, casino royale which was like the first daniel craig one yeah um harvey my my old roommate one of my good friends harvey! from film school who's from england loves james so he showed it he Hi, he had us watch it and, and it was good I, I wasn't a huge fan though but i heard skyfall is like yeah. amazing that's the thing is like well no yeah that's what well that's why i was asking because there i mean there was like the you know the song from very Adele, dark from Adele, night influence the very like, dark night influence you know, skyfall um, yeah you know? so there was just like a really big uh mm-hmm. uh you know marketing media push for skyfall specifically mm-hmm. so i was just surprised but um yeah well there's a big media thing but i was like no, i haven't seen the other one so i won't go why would i go see this one I guess so. You just pick you just pick a dude and then watch that one. I know. I understand that now, but now I'm but now, we'll cover it eventually. Now we're going to go through it and we're going to go through every single installment. There's probably as many every single as bond. this one. How many bonds? I think there are like four or five bonds. There may be more, but There's, don't forget, a, a lot of them have made like five or six or whatever. So no, I like, know. Each. I'm just saying like, like dudes. Because there's Daniel, there's Pierce... Oh, there's the other guy. Oh, I forgot his name. The guy with the white hair. Um, I believe there's been there's another guy. about 30. A little, maybe, give or take. Oh, no, 30 no. films. Bonds. I don't, who cares how many bonds there but, were? Because that's important. How many bonds? Oh, my bonds? God. It's really important in our Catwoman discussion. Yes. Oh, my frick. Okay, can I continue? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in terms of the costume... The cat suit was designed by Academy Award winning costume designer Angus Straithy, which we said before, together with Barry, uh, director Pitoff, and producers Genovi and McDonald. So it was a, it was a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, Straithy explained, quote, We wanted a very reality-based wardrobe, um, not with those shoes, to show the progression <laughs> from demure, demure repressed patience to the sensual awakening of a sexy warrior goddess. End quote. Oh. Um, oh, it looks like there's seven. Shit. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Because I know. Dan- I mean, the, the thing has been around since the '60s. Because I know Daniel Pierce and Sean, Sean Connery, Daniel, yeah. or, or Daniel Craig and Pierce Bronson, um, but there were some mm. other guys too. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, not very practical. No. 
terms of the release, the film was originally given an IMAX release. What? Coinciding with the general release as evidenced by a poster with the tagline, Catch Her, but cat, C-A-T of catch, emphasize, uh, capitalized, Catch Her in IMAX. But Warner Brothers announced its cancellation on June 30, 2004, because the delays of the visual effects did not give IMAX enough time to remaster the film in time for its release. Yeah, what? So, because <laughs> it wasn't shot for IMAX, like it wasn't even shot like digi- for digital IMAX or anything. Like it already has issues by like on its own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gonna change the whole format. Um, but so why don't we just get into our? We've already covered some of our notes here, but, um, but... well, I should say my notes. Viviana, that what did it wrote, no, wrote notes that one time and reviews the right notes. Always over talk about that. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, they really emphasize cats. Like that opening is showing all the different cats throughout <laughs> history. No, whatever. yeah, that's what I'm saying is that maybe that's that's kind of their either their cover up or their their reasoning for their for it her not being Selena Kyle um, because it's more like you know based in history. It's like you know kind of a a thing that's been happening as mm. opposed to like a one off like fictional superhero yeah 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 yeah. um so yeah that that's why i'm saying well that's why i said that i don't think it kind of knew what it wanted to do and where it wanted to go because you have that aspect but then you also on the other hand are taking uh kind of banking on those elements of her being a, a batman superhero right or or, uh vigilante Mm anti-hero whatever um so it's kind of like a weird mixture of like fake and real or like magic and like Mm -hmm. i don't know um and then also being trying to bounce like so there's that kind of flip-flop right and then um, the there's other, definitely a flip-flop and then on the other side there's a flip-flop of it trying to be both an action movie and like like a rom-com um and i mean i don't know if it's trying to be a rom-com, not a rom-com but like romantic but elements like yeah just like more like a like a like early 2000s rom-com sure, type yeah. of thing sure, you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. like a made in manhattan or, or anything you know um but yeah, so I, I think it was just like a little mm, lost and messy in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah. Well, something about that flip flop is interesting that. Because this comes out in 2004. It kind of predates. It, it predates the trends now of giving superhero villains their own movie, but making them a hero. Mm-hmm. So, like, something like Joker. Centers a, a villain. Yeah. But they don't make him into a hero. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's a big thing with Sony. Because, like, they have the rights to all these... They they, they, they own the movie rights to Spider-Man. Okay. But there's this whole thing with, like... Like, you know, so that's why he wasn't part of the MCU for, like, the longest yeah, time. But then yeah. they worked out a deal. So, technically, like... The Tom Holland Spider-Man, that's in the MCU. But technically, all but those solo Toby films are technically that. distributed by Sony. And not okay. Disney. Yeah. Um, but they're allowed to do anything they want with all of those extended characters, like Venom. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to do one about Craven 
the hunter, which is a Spider-Man villain. Oh, I've um, never heard of that guy. Well, that's the they're really going into the. <laughs> I think I forget his name, but a they're hunter. doing a. They were gonna do a. Uh, well, like, what's his like name? Spider-Man. Man Bad Bunny. <laughs> they were gonna do a, a movie called uh, El Muerto, which is a, a like a character in one Spider-Man comic <laughs> about like a Hispanic like wrestler villain or something. I don't. Of know. Of course. What are we just? No, but he was gonna be like the hero. That's what I'm saying. Is like this kind of predates those because like yeah. Venom, like he's the hero. Like he's fighting the villain. You know what I mean? So this is kind of interesting. This kind of yeah, like, is like, like a, a pre version of that. Yeah, he's like an anti-hero now, or like anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of a just a weird mix and hodgepodge of things. Uh, oh, to your point about like the romantic stuff. <laughs> Do you think that... I think they have zero chemistry. Aside from just being, like, conventionally attractive. Oh, yeah. There's, like... They're just, like, both hot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. And then there's also, like... He's the hotter play. version of John Legazuma. <laughs> I thought it was John Legazuma. No. <laughs> no. He looks like John Legazuma. Like, I think that's his name, He has, right? like, the same, like, like head shape. And yes, like, yes. Like and hair face. Like, I don't know. Um, oh, Legazamo. Legazamo. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. Sid. <laughs> Sid from or Luigi from the Super Mario Bros. movie from the nineties. Oh, yes, that's right. We did see that. But um. Um. But no. I mean, there is like the like uh kind of like sensual like playful banter or whatever. But like other than that, like no, not really. Um, but this time she doesn't get to, you know unlike she doesn't get to do her playful banter with Bruce banter. Sorry, you can continue. Anywho. Um, <laughs> also, what the fuck was that basketball scene? <laughs> yeah, like, they do this. That, talk about editing. Jumping that one on was the walls like, like a little jumping Mexican bean, like a little spider. She's like, she's like tossing the basketball back and forth between her hands, and she's like, <laughs> looks like a cat, like when you dangle keys in front like, of them and stuff. I haven't done that in ages. Like That was just... Since I was a kid. And all the like, kids... And, and the kids are like, you guys should play one-on-one. And I was like, ah, yes. Who? Kids... What? Like, kids' favorite activity, watching grown adults play a one-on-one <laughs> basketball. Strangers <laughs> do a one-on-one basketball match. Um, It's just very bizarre. That's the thing is like... This movie, yeah. like, again, I'm not, like, okay, here's the thing. And I, it, well, I already said this. Sometimes it's like, bad. I don't know. Like, it, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's so bad it's good. Yeah. Right? It's moments like that where I was like, honestly, this is a net positive because of how funny this is. <laughs> but it's not always so bad it's good. Sometimes it's just bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think. And there's a really weird, it's hard to describe, like, what makes something so bad it's good versus just bad, but yeah. you know it when you see it, and it's just not consistent. Because yeah. because half like I wrote down a note here, I was just like, oh, this is camp. Like this is like intentionally ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> it's but like but then I kind of lost faith that they did it on purpose. Like yeah. about halfway through, I was like, you know, blends. I don't think I was like, you know what, I don't think they know that this is preposterous. <laughs> if they at first I thought they knew. And that kind of made it funny. But now I think they just thought this would be good, and it wasn't. Pitaf, what were you thinking? You know. Um, like, dumb shit. I'm sorry, I don't believe you. When you said, like, at one point, they're, 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 they analyze, like, the the handwriting. Yeah. 
and they're able to tell. So basically, because she writes the the same word twice, but in her different personality. So she kind of has like a split personality where like she doesn't always remember everything. Or, yeah, it's kind of like the werewolf they, type they, situation. They, they're able to psych, basically do a psych eval based off of That's the way real. she did her. I do not believe that. That is so real. That they're able to tell the way you draw your O if you're insecure. Yeah. Like, how? Like if you write like a like a ransom note or something. But or how? Like, like give me an example. I don't understand. I, I don't know. Just the way that you've you write it, like you know, whether it's whether it's um, you know more spread out or if it's like kind of all skinny and like really close together. I feel like that's not a real. If you dot your eyes or you know if you put your if the eyes are dotted directly above the center or if they're kind of to the left or to the right. But like, what does those mean? Can you give me an example? Like what? I, I don't know what it means. It means that's what different I'm saying. I think things, even if that's like, real, hand, hand, even, even if that's real, they made up the explanations in this movie. There's no <laughs> way what they said is, is accurate to the field of handwriting study. Mm. Uh, now, so it could do, yeah. So uh, I understand handwriting analysis or, or graphology is the study of handwriting to determine a, a person's personality traits or character. Uh, it is generally considered a pseudoscience because there is no scientific evidence to support you. it. Pseudo. Um, and however, this is on pseudo. However, some characteristics that are examined in handwriting analysis include slant. So the slant of the writing can indicate the writer's emotional expressiveness. Uh, the size of the handwriting can indicate the writer's mindset, personality, and emotional state. So, you know, if you're writing very small or if you're writing very largely, right? Uh, line quality, the thickness, strength, and flow of the letters. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Letter spacing, the amount of space between letters. Uh, Handwriting analysis can also be used to detect mental disorders. Uh, For example, congestion and fragmentation are handwriting features that can indicate a disturbance in the subject's handwriting. Uh, However, psychologists have researched the connection between handwriting and personality tests like the Meyer-Briggs type uh, indicator and found no correlation. So it's kind of like a mixed thing. But... But police departments have done that, like for like. Police departments are, have always used great methods. No, I'm just saying. But like, I, I think it was like who was it? It was like, I think it was like John Wayne Gacy or like someone. I know they study the handwriting to try to find a match. But well, well, here's no, my but question. But also like like okay. the match, but then also like what the fuck? Let's let's led just to say let's just know? say it's a pseudoscience, but there's some truth behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you believe this movie accurately represented it? <laughs> is that, is that, whose handwriting is that? Is that Halle Berry's handwriting? That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, <laughs> even if this is, even if this is like an actually valuable science. Yeah. I think they just made shit up that served the story and the scene. I do not think if we had a, a handwriting analyst <laughs> expert watch this, they'd be like, yep, those conclusions they drew were accurate. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my gripe. It it is. It does go back and forth. Some consider it to be a legitimate evidence, and then some consider it to be junk science or subjective. Uh, but it says courts have accepted testimony from handwriting ex- experts under the okay. Dober and Fry standards. So okay. it is a legitimate thing that people take word for in a okay. court case. But um, 
Okay, and then, they looked the same to okay, me. Tell, so tell I'm me not this: really Do you sure. think John Brancato, Michael Farish, and John Rogers understood the science <laughs> and consulted anyone? No, it looked like the same word. That's what I'm saying. They're like, look at this. The way she draw her O's. No, I she's think, probably very lonely. And they're just no, saying I, whatever it no, needs, they need that, to say I for think the story. That's the point, though, is that he he recognized them that they look the same and that they are the same, but just trying to make the distinguish. The, 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 yeah, the distinction? The, the distinction for us that, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's yeah. two personalities, basically, and to yeah. kind of, like, uh, explain that. But I, I think something that we're kind of touching on is that it has story beats, and, like, they know, like, the beats that will push things along, but don't know how to weave them together. It's like a checklist. Like, like okay, we need the midpoint, lowest turn, yeah. and then, like, a, a shift to the climb. Like, it's like you're just going through the, the motions. Like, like, now that I think about it, they kind of do what, um, like, Heathers does. By the way, hate Heathers. Um, <laughs> the movie. I've never seen the show, but I, I absolutely hate the movie. Um, but they it, it does something similar that Heathers does, and it, like, completely writes off, like, the concept of, like, uh, like mental illness and like like suicide ideation or, or like um you know the activity of it right so he's like he thinks that she's like trying to kill herself and she's just trying to get the cat and that's like completely like washed over mm-hmm. i'm like that's a serious thing that you should <laughs> not to make the the movie about that but like you know what i'm saying it just like kind of washes over things um and it it, it does that same thing with this this handwriting thing and um i don't know what else like the kind of uh, bold italicize underline quickly produce yeah. you know what i mean well yeah and then, and then it also it, it also has the it falls into the uh trope of um kind of being put together or the leading role, the main role being given to either a woman or a person of color, or in this case, a woman of color, uh, when things it's are... A yeah, when things are uh, not looking good, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. even heard uh, an elected official uh, just the other day, from his own mouth, said that, oh, it's so funny how, you know, I, I always seem to be elected into office when... Um, when shit hits when, the fan. Yeah, when things happen. Like, That's been like, a huge thing, like, in corporate America. Like, yeah, they'll hire a woman it, to save, like... Yeah, a, like a Carly kind of, Fear yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, the stakes are lower, so it's like, okay, we'll throw you a bone. It'll probably crash and burn anyway. Yeah, yeah. So so this guy, he's black, and, and I guess he um, got most recently elected into his position in 2020. So he's like, you know, great timing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Yeah. So, so do you think that's what happened here that they they cast Halle Berry because they were just like I, I think eh, you, if they thought it was going to be more successful they would have held out for a white actress of um, of, of a bigger star power or because um, I probably, believe not that like Halle Berry doesn't have star power because I think she she does or at least back in the day like she did have like a quite a bit because of like X Men and everything. I believe she had. But, um, she, I mean, she did win the Academy Award for Best Actress. 
for the film Monsters Ball in 2001. Yes, yes, yes. So she she was kind of a bigger... But I see see the point you're trying to make. But, like, if they are going from, like, wanting to reprise the role with Michelle Pfeiffer and then, like, getting... And then Ashley Judd. All these other people. And then, like, ten years later in the, okay, we're going to make this really quick. Then, you know, all of a sudden it's Halle Berry. Um, Yeah. could not be like that, but it, it, it also seems, the, the timing seems very funny and, mm, and suspicious. Very suspicious and able to be uh, likened to that uh-huh. kind of um, uh-huh. trope. I don't know what that yeah. would be called. Um, so, yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm. But with that, we get a black woman lead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, here's something, at least looking from like the, the, the feminist she's... angle, which we tried to do a little bit with Mystery of the, the Batwoman. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, do you do you think this is empowering for women? Or does it just reinforce, uh, like, the male gaze of, of women? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it kind of depends. Like, um, like I was saying Because men do suck. Or, you know, women are they're pitted against each other. Um, the men are condescending to the women. So there is yeah. like that element, but at the same time it's like it's still very much an early two thousands, like mm-hmm. you know, what well she has to become sexy. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, she can't be a frumpy awesome woman. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like the woke mob here. I'm just no, saying but I, I there's think- an interesting I think critical feminist read on this movie. I, I think and that... And explore those two different approaches. Or. Yeah. I le- at least, I think, from my perspective, like, growing up and, like, you know, um, my, you know, kind of seeing, like, the reaction of my mom and, like, also, like... Um, Your mom has a black woman. Yes. Probably was a, really excited to see Mixed, this. who is also, like, like... And she wasn't that old. She would have only been, like, 20-something like, um, years old, too. So it's not like she was... This is the second time I'm I'm I'm, I'm dating oh, like, your mother. She'd be there, but... like twenty four, going into twenty five. Yeah. So um, she's like, so she's like a young black really woman, and sees yes. this and is like, wow. Yeah, and she, and she cool. really, um, well, and she, yeah, she she does, um, kind of like stick to uh people like that, right? So like, um, in terms of her interests of like who she, looks yeah, just kind of movies, yeah. So like J Lo, um, and mm-hmm. like she, you know, before she died, like Aaliyah, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of crazy when Aaliyah died because like they were so young and like they, were, mm-hmm. I think they were like the same age or like very close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like young women of color coming up in Hollywood. Um, but you know, thinking back and like of how things were even like in my own like perception as a child um you know going you know like um stuff like fast and furious or like you know this or like matrix or whatever like i think and also with like playboy and everything like i think this would have or was seen as like empowering and might still be um but i think at least today, there's more that we can expect. Mm-hmm. Um, We've come very far. And have gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it just doesn't really do it anymore. But mm-hmm. I guess, like, for the time, like, it was good. <laughs> um, I don't know. That could be wrong. People could have been mad at it. Um, I'm sure people were. 
Um, I don't know if it's worth getting mad over but, necessarily in 2004, no, but mad, I think just like, like disappoint, like yeah, being like being like this is not as empowering as people may think it is. <laughs> yeah, I think more so like that, where it's like it's still again still reinforces like what yeah. we come to expect. Like you could only have a female lead if she's like really hot and half naked. Yeah. Well, and also she's like very light skinned too. Like that's another thing is like, Halle Berry. Yeah. You know, she she's like very um she's not like white passing, but like no like what is it called? Mocha. Like no 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 right? but like like um I see the point. Presenting you're to make. like like uh Hollywood ex- still accepted. is not ready for like a dark black skinned woman. Sure. Unfortunately, and even to the point to that, I think the only think if you think you about said, the only. What's was, that? I think what you said is like like the emotional or something like with Viola Davis and like. Oh, I didn't want to say this on oh. the microphone, oh, well, but right. I mean, <laughs> I I don't believe this. But I'm saying I feel like Hollywood only accepts two kinds of black women as actresses: mm-hmm. light skinned, really attractive women like Halle Berry, yeah, or dark skinned, like acting powerhouses like someone like Viola Davis, yeah, and then otherwise, that's it. Honestly, so if you're not really attractive, you have to be like amazing and like, like Oscar worthy, or level. like light skin. Like, like I feel like that kind of holds up, like pretty well. Like, do you think I'm onto something here? Like, I don't know if that's in true. I don't know if that's true across the board, but like, I I would I would the say only, there's like, plenty of example. Like, you know, like with Color Purple, like the whole point is that you know, like uh, she's ugly. That's like yeah, that she's ugly, and like the you know the Whoopi Goldberg. She's, she's like, like the exception that skin, proves the rule, you right? Because she's never going to be a romantic lead, really. In... Well, no, that's not no, true. She's a... That's not true. She's been in rom coms, she... but she's not yeah, the conventional she, she rom com. But she was like the comedic relief and stuff, like like in Ghost, and like like she's not the. I, I'm not person. super familiar with her entire filmography. Oh, 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 my favorite performance of her is her cameo in The Little Rascals. <laughs> Whoopee. <laughs> yeah, whoopee. Um, but yeah, or like like Viola Davis. Um, well, they, but she did have the Woman King, but I think that was still like more emotional than it was like betraying like sexiness. It was more like power, powerful. Yeah. I would say the um, most, the most. I don't know. I would say like the most mainstream, mainstreamly successful, uh, like black actress. Yeah. That isn't like light skin or biracial or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, oh, that's and this isn't even that successful. Besides Viola too. Davis is like maybe like Lupita Nyong'o, right? But she's she's also like Mexican. <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o? Yeah. She is. She's like part Mexican. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's why. Kenyan Mexican. Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, but I guess she still counts because she's like dark skin. But well, I was gonna say, my, my point being that she's gorgeous. not. <laughs> well, my point because she she got a lot of acclaim for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. She didn't. She was just a motion capture character, but she was in The Force Awakens as like the little oh, orange, the little or so she's not like she's oh, CGI. So like it's a like, little robot guy. No, like a little alien person. A little orange but, alien guy. Like it's like all CGI. I don't know. You you you've seen it like one time. We, we don't, don't need know. to go over this. Anywho. She was in Us. Yes. Right. I, yeah, I think with Jordan Peele, like he's definitely. Uh, well, I guess they're not. He really it, shows it's still, up. Like, they're still not like in sexy kind of roles or like like specific like 
specifically, which is like a you know? really, really but strong like, black actress who are like Lee, unapologetically yeah. black. Like, not yeah. to be super reductive, but again, like they are, like they are, like I feel like you would never would have seen Daniel Kaluuya in a leading role twenty years ago. Yeah, you well, know, what I mean? I, yeah, he's just, unfortunately, he's just his skin tone is just so dark. I feel like Hollywood just would would have unfortunately rejected that. Yeah, right. and when I think like one. This guy is really off topic, but it does kind of tie into this movie. No, that. it's on topic. But um, I think one person who kind of was like coming up in in this it was like Idris Elba. Um, mm, that's another one. Cause, I was thinking just of women, he, but yeah, Idris yeah, because he because he is very dark, but like was kind of in in some roles like more prominent roles. Um, whereas like I think like He's just Daniel so is more yeah. like a more recent. Act- into acting I don't know um but they're different generations yeah. yeah I'm trying to think but but yeah like like in this Christmas like you know oh I forgot their name like Regina Hall oh. um you know uh the, the from jumping the broom um mm-hmm. what else? like even Medea Tyler Perry like they're all they're all pretty light-skinned you know so um and not not like I mean, super super light skin, but just not as dark as no. But it'd still be cool. People to are see, yeah, you know, to see more people of color, like dark. I want to see all shades. I'm not saying only dark skin versus. I want to see all shades of all kinds of people yeah. get to be mediocre. I think that's the <laughs> thing. No, that's the thing people talk about. Where it's Everyone like one gets to be a mediocre superhero. No, but you see what I'm saying? Like that's something people talk about when it comes to all kinds of different like identity. Um, kind of categories where it's sure. like only cis white men get to be mediocre and still have a career. Oh, yeah. Where it's like if you're black or you're gay or you're a woman, you have to be yeah. like so great they can't ignore you. But yeah. that's unfortunate. Like, I want to get to the point where like you have me, you know what I mean? Like mediocrity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it shows like that the industry has scale. evolved, has yeah. evolved to the point where. Like, it's not like you have to be literally the greatest filmmaker ever mm-hmm. if you're a black filmmaker in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, there's more people. Ooh, Star- not that I want Star- mediocre movies, but you get no, my no, point. No, 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 no. But there, there's definitely more people, I think, um, or at least, like, in the mainstream, you know? So there was, like, Chadwick and then Sterling. Oh, like Chadwick. That. I completely forgot about Chadwick, yeah. Well, and he was major, Sterling King Brown was really major, hot for a while. Um, I mean, in terms of his popularity, hero. but he's also quite handsome. Um, he was in he was in that uh, dishwashing commercial. <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, the industry's changing for the better, and it's really exciting yeah. to see. Um, representation can kind of be like a a false idol. Yeah. I think where people like like studios will kind of do the bare minimum and expect maximum reward. Yeah. Um, I and it really it's it's we have to think of it less just about representation. Like it's important for like the kids mm-hmm. who are going to watch this stuff. It's an industry. Mm-hmm. It's a workplace. There, it, imagine if there was other industries that were as racially disproportionate oh, as yeah. the film industry. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? No, It'd be it's... like red flags, like this is such a racist, like, oh, like, imagine if like the... No, it's crazy. I mean, there are a lot of industries that are still like that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, so, so on its face, it, yeah. disproportionate, right? So, yeah. so I think that's like the thing is like, you know, ultimately, 
the, the, the fight or the struggle is about making sure these people can get work and get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you look at the statistic where it's so like I only guess, like, 10% of films you know. are have black casts, like that's unfortunate from like a media literacy and media consumption point of view. Yeah. But just in terms of the workforce, that's just less jobs for all these actors, these black actors. Yeah. There's less opportunities. Yeah. Whereas, you know, white actors, like again, you could be mediocre because there's so many movies that you could get cast in. You yeah. know, so... It's like... But anyway, I, I want to kind of bring it back. I but, don't know. But, but yeah, so... Speaking of black culture, there's a lot of early 2000s R&B in this movie. There is. I don't well, know if it gets an official... Thing, oh. Oh, sorry, also one thing. I was surprised to see that the the counter, uh, you know, the love interest, John, was Hispanic. Is that his name? John? Or are you just yeah. saying because he looks like John Leguizamo? No, his name is John Tome or John... Oh, Tome yes, 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 yes. Is he Hispanic? Um, yes. Okay, I didn't know. But <laughs> I know you think like Hispanic people are very white passing because not all some. No, some I know, but because thing. because you know uh, uh, of Italian people and like you know um, Benjamin Brett. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, he he uh, yes, his mother was born in Peru. Mm, yeah, but he he's like very clearly like Hispanic. Well, he's also kind of like. He's also kind of like ambiguous, like uh, he's like ambi- Lou, I- Lou Diamond Phillips, who can who plays both like Native American, Mexican, like kind of like Filipino kind of situation. Um, Is that who I'm thinking of? The oh, the guy who's in La Bamba, La Bamba yeah. but then he's also plays a, a Native American guy in that show Longmire that my dad liked. That's a dad TV show. I guess so. I don't. Where it's just like that. a procedural cop show about like a, this like town in Montana or Wyoming, wherever it is, oh. but they have to contend with, like, the Native American reservation. Sometimes crimes happen oh, the on the reservation. Walls, of, yeah. So, so, like, he plays, like, the white cop protagonist's Native American counterpart. Yeah, yeah. Even though, I think he's, like, Filipino or something. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, but he, like, played, like, you know, Richie Valens, who's Mexican. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anywho, so I was surprised to see that there were two uh, people of color as, uh, you know, the main... I was surprised it wasn't a white dude. Um, mm-hmm. for, for we'll 2004. Give, but we'll give uh, Warner Brothers and Pete off. Every everyone else was pretty much white. Well, except yeah. the the gay best friend, but he was like barely. Who was pre- preposterous? He was just ridiculous. <laughs> very stupid. Very st- stereotypical. Like all these characters are stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. There's not like one normal human being in this movie. <laughs> except maybe. Except maybe the cop. Ex- maybe. Seemed like. A but he kind of plays like a. Uh, 90s or early 2000s like good cop where he's like he's like he's doing like an after school program with kids like (laughs) he's like that genre stereotype of of a cop this was a John was pre-ACAB so um, yeah I think ACAB's been around no I know but he was like you know ACAB includes (laughs) the Paw Patrol okay um but Let's get on with it. But yeah, but just I just have a few more notes here. I think it's very, it's you know, it's very stylistic. You know, like with like the editing is like an objectively bad element, but where you start to get more like creative interpretation, like really wide angle lenses, like mm-hmm. the camera movements will like be swooping in or moving in really fast or moving yeah. out, and yeah, and it's 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 very stylistic. And again, like I said, sometimes it's so bad it's good. Where I was like. This is 
interesting. I don't know if it's being applied well, but it's interesting, it, kind yeah, of. I don't think it fits for the movie, but, like, it does have kind of, like, the, uh, tact, like, the... The pre-drone drone shots, like in um in the Tim Burton one, where it's you know like coming in through the sky and kind of looping around and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, you know, with all the all the CGI buildings. Yeah. Um, did they do? Like a- this is very exciting. <laughs> did they you know do I mean? anything in real life? <laughs> it all looks fake. <laughs> yeah. Well, the smaller stuff I think they did on real sets, but you know, it's like fil- filmmaking wise, it, it can be pretty exciting. I think. Like I'm mm-hmm. like. You know, but again, it's, it's just the film is like a very uneven in terms of its pacing. Like, I feel like the first act, which you really only take up like a quarter of the film, takes up like half of the film. Mm-hmm. And then and then like it rushes to get everything in like in the last like 45 minutes. And like, I yeah. Um, also, what is what is the what is her resolution? The whole thing was that, she, you know, she's an artist. She went to art school and she's unhappy. What is she doing for money? No, she's she's the artistic director of marketing or whatever at or at a, the violin. What do you mean? Are you talking about Halle Berry? Yes. She she gets promoted at the end. No, that's what I'm saying. It just leaves. That's off. what I'm saying. She doesn't have a job. I said, what is she gonna do for money? Oh, now I don't know. But that's, what, that's I'm what she was doing. No, but I'm, I'm saying now. Resi- also, why was she unhappy with that? I don't know. I'm but is she right gonna now. go freelance now? What it, you know? What's up with that? Well, I guess she's got to go freelance if she's gonna be staying up all night fighting crime. <laughs> you don't really have a have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to hear some trivia? Yes. Okay. Halle Berry became one of the only one of only six actors in history, only five at the time, okay. uh, to possess both an Oscar and a Razzie. So you know what the Razzies are? No. It's basically like the anti-Oscars, so they give awards <laughs> for the worst performances and, and the worst movies. Oh, nice. In, in things. Um, so it's after. Um, so she's one of only six actors in history to have both an Oscar and a Razzie. Oh. Um, after her win for her infamous performance in this movie. She also became the first to accept their Razzie in person, <laughs> walking out on stage proudly holding both Oscar and Razzie aloft and fighting and feigning tears of joy. Because I think she famously, when she won from Monsters Ball, like she like has one of like one of the most iconic speech, like uh, acceptances. Like she's like all emotional. Like yeah. it's, it's like one of those like iconic ones. Mm-hmm. So I think she's kind of like making fun of herself when she's accepting the Razzie. She's, she's and she, she's gave, so she gave a short acceptance Bounty. speech, which was, quote, I'd like to thank Warner Brothers for making me do this god-awful piece of shit movie. Woo! <laughs> um, a rough cut of the trailer was put online a few months before the film's release and drew such heavy criticism that it was quickly pulled. It was soon replaced with a new trailer, which didn't feature any dialogue. What? <laughs> uh, 43 cats were trained for the film. Halle Berry adopted one of them afterward, Aww. an orange and white youngster named Play-Doh. Aww. That's kind of cute. During the restaurant sequence with Benjamin Bratt, the sushi being gorged by Halle Berry <laughs> was actually chunks of fruit molded to look like raw fish. Nice. I would have taken that. That'd be me. I was always worried as a kid. I was like, you know, as a kid, you worry about things that you're not going to have to worry about. Yes, like you the know, quicksand. Like quicksand yes. or amnesia. Yes. This one's like more realistic because it has to do with something that could actually happen. But I was, I'm a very picky eater. So I was always like, shit, what if I become a famous actor and I have to eat something I don't like in a movie? <laughs> Will they accommodate me? Will they fire me? Because. <laughs> well, usually you spit it out. But I won't even want to put it in my mouth. That's true. That's like true. It. It's not the, it's not the, 
the the digestion of it that I don't like. It's well, no, the taste in my no, mouth. I know, but that's the thing. Is like if do, you're gonna yes. if you're gonna take a you know mm-hmm. forty yep. cuts, you're gonna. If I don't like the taste of something, what would putting in my mouth and spitting it out? How would that help? You put something else in your mouth. Every, that's what I'm saying. Every, is if they would do a if they would do like a like a replacement like this like fruit. Yeah. So I I, I never I don't like fish or sushi or anything like that. I don't know if I've ever had fish, except for calamari. I like fried calamari or or uh, clam chowder because I'm from Rhode Island. I don't think I've ever had like fish, like trout or tuna or salmon or anything like that ever, in my entire life. Nothing. No tuna casserole. Maybe nothing. fried shrimp, but that's more like shrimp. shellfish yeah. and calamari. I don't know about like a fish, like what you think of as a fish. I don't know. Anyway, the movie had to undergo <laughs> reshoots after testing poorly with screeners, with only a month left before the theatrical release date. I thought you already said that. No, I just said they quickly... Oh, the trailer. Oh, okay. No, no, this is the movie. Oh. The movie had to undergo reshoots. Oh, as in yes, they yes. shot new material. The trailer, they just re-edited what they had. Oh. <laughs> um, one of Halle Berry's stunt and body doubles is the 29-year-old Hawaiian male actor, Nito... Nito Lauriotsa, uh, an expert in martial arts. Ah. When production stalled in mid-2003, rumors circulated that Warner Brothers would scrap the project and instead incorporate the character of Catwoman into Batman Begins, but with, Bal- with Halle Berry still in the role, which is interesting. Mm. That would have been awful. Though a box... Well, here's the, here's the question before I continue, which we didn't, we, maybe we should have talked about earlier. Do you think with better material, like... Like, we we agree Halle Berry does the best she can. Yeah. And she commits. But that doesn't mean she does a good job. <laughs> do you think with better material and a better director, do you think she could have been a good Catwoman? Or do you think it was every element was doomed from the start? Like, Um, I think it could have been better. I mean, Like, if she know, had showed up, in, if, if Christopher saw... Nolan had her as Catwoman in Batman Begins, like they're saying. Do you... Yeah. Would it have been good, or would that would that have would that have been a black mark? No pun intended. A black <laughs> mark on that movie. That movie um, has like no black people in it. Like you know, uh, Christopher yeah. Nolan's movies are not diverse. We will, I will say, full yeah. disclosure. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think it might have been better. I mean, if we go back, because she's like, a good actress. Yeah, if we think back to like X Men and how like she had such a little role, and we're like, oh, kind of unimpressed. But then like she gets more, and she kind of like takes it on, you know, and and kind of like um, we were talking about how more involved she was with like the character development and like you know uh, direction with Hugh and everything. Um, I think I think like, you know, oh, it's possible. I don't think she. I don't we'll think never it was know. bad, but like I think it was just like. The things that, like, she was told to do, like, made it really stupid. Like, why does she have to rub catnip on her face? You know, like, like we can get, like, we understand that she's Catwoman now, you know? Like, (laughs) like, I don't know. So I think maybe just some artistic, uh, some different artistic choices. Like, show she's cat-like with her physicality, not, like... She yeah. has like literal one-to-one cat <laughs> traits. Like, yeah, she she's she's attracted to shiny objects. Yeah, and she's sniffing the catnip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I think they kind of get like when she's on the phone, um, with Sally, Alex's character. Um, and she's you know just kind of like walking around her apartment, but like, you know, it's more acrobatic. She's like you know, I don't know, walking, I don't know, mm-hmm. on, on the couch and shit and jumping around and whatnot. Um, but just very casually, you know. So I think it, I think it could have been done a little bit more casually. Um, it needs to be more casual. 
and it would come off as less silly. But also, mm-hmm. then you have the whole CGI thing, so maybe not. Yeah, it was just kind of fucked. Though a box office bomb upon release, the film still held the distinction of being, I guess probably by default, of being the highest grossing female-led superhero film of all time for 13 years until it was dethroned by Wonder Woman in 2017. That's because there weren't. I was just thinking because there weren't. I don't think there was really many at all, if any. Um, We'll talk about this later when we talk about the reception. Um, But the film is included on the film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. Cool. Um, a newspaper reported that Sharon Stone's, Sharon Stone's cell phone, little Dr. Seuss there, Sharon Stone's <laughs> cell phone rang in the middle of filming a scene and Stone took the call holding up filming for a time. Uh, Sharon Stone! <laughs> uh, Halle Berry was given the nickname the Halle Cat instead of the Alley Cat uh, by the cast and crew on the side of the film. Oh my god. Um, in terms of the critical reception, uh, this has a 8%. On Rotten Tomatoes. This is the lowest. For all the films that have a Rotten Tomatoes score in the Batman franchise, this is the lowest. Oh. 8%. Uh, The critical consensus is, quote, Halle Berry is the lone bright spot, but even she can't save this laughable action thriller. That's what I'm saying. Is like, it it like kind of wants to be like an action film, but it's also like trying to do this whole like mysterious like Mm. history of cats type of thing, but then also like leaning into like the whole like vigilante anti-hero Batman type of situation like but that's also like a, mm-hmm. an early 2000s rom-com it, it, Pitoff was he was just he had a lot going on his mind you know yeah. on his mind you know mm-hmm. Jean you know he, there was a lot happening for Jean mm-hmm. now sometimes films completely bomb when they come out but then they you know are well loved years later this is not one of those on Letterboxd no. it has a 1.5 <laughs> out of 5 it is one of the lowest rated films on Letterboxd. If you were to like sort all the films by their, all the films on Letterboxd by their rating, mm-hmm. this would be on the first page. <laughs> this is one of the lowest films ever rated. All of, of all. all films of all time that are on Letterboxd. <laughs> oh. um, here are some Letterboxd reviews. Wood writes, that's their name. <laughs> oh, Wood. Wood writes, quote, um, he disagrees with what I said, though. As far as I'm concerned, this is all the only perfect superhero movie <laughs> destined for cult status by the end of this decade. Matt Singer writes, A woman dies and gets reborn with all the powers of a cat. She's very agile, always lands on her feet, is the world's greatest basketball player, <laughs> gets off on stealing jewelry, makes terrible basketball puns, and loves leather and whips. Just like a real cat. <laughs> oh, Matt, you said it so well. A lot of these reviews like are from the same people. Yeah. Because, like, there's, like, certain people on Letterboxd who have a really big following, so, like, they're at the top when I look up, like, the most popular reviews. Oh, um, is that what you do? You just do the popular ones? You don't... Yeah, because like, I'm not going to read... Sometimes there's hundreds or thousands of reviews. I'm not going to read them all. Read them all! Not, read them all! Read them all! That could be your job. Um, Adam Bolt writes, We'll be forwarding the editor my medical expenses. <laughs> I agree. Um... <laughs> In terms of the legacy, like I said, this was on Roger Ebert's uh, most hated films list. He criticized the filmmakers for giving little thought to providing Barry, quote, with a strong character, story, supporting characters, or action sequences, end quote. That's what I've been saying! But he primarily criticized the film for failing to give the audience a sense of what her character experienced as she was transformed into Catwoman. That's what I've been saying! He rather referred to it as being a movie, quote, about Halle Berry's beauty, sex appeal, figure, eyes, lips, and costume design. It gets those right. 
End quote. I completely agree, Roger Ebert. Yeah, I Ebert. don't disagree. Roger, you dirty old man. No, because that's so true, though, because when they when she's on the, like, island or whatever, there's, there's like, the They scene. don't show how she... Ch- they just, like, stand over her, and they're just like, no. No, 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 because they, they show, they show the, the hypersensitivity and the, the vision and the sounds and whatnot with the spider, and I think there was, like, like a bird or a plane or something. Um, but that was, like... The only bit of POV that we really see. Mm-hmm. Oh, besides the the saving the little boy on the Ferris wheel business. I don't know. How she was holding... Which I think they just did so they, they, avo- so they could avoid having to show her, like, hopping around on the Ferris yeah, wheel. Yeah, which I'm glad they did, because that would have been... It would have been awful. But she, she already looked like... Toad, like it from X from the first X Men. Yes, because she was just hopping around the jewelry store, like. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I forgot what I was saying. But there wasn't a lot of POV to show that transformation to kind of like, I guess, go in tandem with the the kind of history of cat women or cat powered women? Question mm-hmm. mark. Um, but a noble tradition. Yeah, you know, like the witches and everything. Which there was also a a, a small cameo of Michelle, from Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle one Pfeiffer. of the pictures of all the old cat yes, people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no cat men though. No cat women. Jeez. Women. Okay, Viviana, favorite part of the movie. I know you have several, but if you could narrow it down. Oh man. Uh... <laughs> I just have so many questions. Um, I didn't say what's your favorite question. I asked you no, what's your favorite part. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking of parts, and then I'm like, oh, but that just makes me have questions, so how could that be my favorite? Um, I have no idea. Um, you don't have to overthink it. Do I hear mine? Sure. For the second week in, the, in a row, it's hot women. <laughs> she is so... Like I said, she is one of the she most... She is spicy! Okay. The, the way they portray this version of this character... With the outfit and Halle Berry's physique and the way she knows how to use it. She's all she, lubed up. She is a hot mama jamba. Her no, outfit. Mama jamba. Mama jamba. It, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> okay. Dare I say, my life. So, what? for the second week in, the, in a row, I'm going to say women being hot. Well, okay. She did finish she she w- did come runner up in Miss USA, so you know nice. that that says something I think. Um, oh, and sixth in Miss World, so that's and woo. you come last, spicy. And you come last in the picking favorite part competition. I don't freaking know, man. Um, wow, the first time this is our fourth season. We've watched a couple dozen films. This is the first time Vivian can't think of a favorite part. I don't know. I guess just like uh, the silliness. I don't know because there's not okay. much else to really talk about. Kinda, yeah, because yeah. I would say like Halle Berry, right? Um, I guess Halle Berry and John, but separately, not together. Mm. You know, um, I don't know. I guess John because he's just kinda, she's she's kind of cute. She's but. sweet like a berry. You know what they say? <laughs> the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> Okay, Viviana. No, she's not. <laughs> I just wanted to she's say that. Very Okay, Viviana. Uh, rating one to ten. What do you give this movie? Um, I think I'm going to give it a six. 
So you think it's a net positive? Yeah, it was okay. Okay. Oh, I think her mom is... Oh, her mom is white. Her dad is black. Oh, she's mixed. Yeah. Oh! So that kind of reinforces what we were saying. She's like my mom! Oh, I just thought she was... Let's get... Okay, nice. Viviana. So you have a you have a few uh, few sixes here. If you want to take a look at your ranking here. Yes. Okay. Um, so which do you like this? Would you rather watch this or Mystery of the Batwoman? Hmm. I guess this one. Okay. You don't seem so sure. Um, Just what would you rather watch subjectively? I know. You? I'm trying to think. Oh, but you seem very unsure. You're like like is that the right answer? No, I'm just trying. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think back. Uh, Think back, it was the last one. I know. Okay, so that would be above that. Would you rather watch this or one of the serials from the 40s? Mm, I guess uh, I guess this one. Okay. Uh, okay. So which one? Okay. So that Batman one? Forever is Val Kilmer. Would you rather watch this or Batman Forever? Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't ask a yes or no question. Oh, I said, would uh, you rather watch that or this? Batman Forever or Catwoman? Oh, I forgot. Oh, what happens in that one? That's Val Kilmer. <laughs> Robin gets introduced. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones is... is oh, no. Face. Yes, yes. This would... Yeah, I would watch this over that. You'd watch Catwoman over that one? Yeah. What? what? Yeah. That's... You're being a little offensive to my second favorite Batman movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just a very um, disturbing film. But for some reason, you put Batman and Robin above Batman Forever with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman and George Clooney? <laughs> so would you rather watch that or Catwoman? Uh, I guess it would depend on the day. Um, how combining how subjective, silly I was feeling. Combining subjective and objective feelings about the movies. Why do you say ob and not ob? Objective? Yeah. I say ob. Ob. I don't know. Why do you say care instead of care? I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. hanging around you. No, no, I don't say that. I don't know. I've lived so many different places. Batman and Robin or Catwoman? Um... uh, I guess I'll do this one. So this is your, your most liked six movie. Mm, no, I'll put it below the other one. So no, you... wait. Um... <laughs> oh, Which do you enjoy more? I don't know. We're not ending. One was fine, and then one was just very cringe. Which one was fine? This one. Then that would it would go above the other one. Okay. Okay. That that this is. This is preposterous. Your your ranking is disgusting. We were we were synced no, up for about no, five. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, you, sorry, sorry. You put it above a seven. You I'm sorry. I put it above a seven. I broke I broke the laws of mathematics. Uh, we were we were in sync for maybe four or five of these movies, and then we took a drastic turn from one another. No, haven't you ever heard men are Mars and Venus is women or whatever? <laughs> we're different. Yes. Okay. That's all. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie a five. Um, mm. I think it's overall. I said this before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of bookend my review here with mm-hmm. what I said at the beginning. Sometimes it's so bad it's good, and that's kind of like six territory. <laughs> Sometimes it's just bad, and that's four territory. Yeah. But for eighty percent of the time, it's just kind of mediocre. It's mm-hmm. just kind of boring, and that's five territory. So it's I think it's better than I think it's gotten credit for. Yeah. But I think I think that's because I am very. Uh, very uh, what's the word like 
in terms of my rankings, we've talked about this. Or... Not for, for yeah, forgiving, but it's like a movie has to be really, really bad. Yeah. Right to start getting into like the four, three, two category. Yeah. Out of, out of ten, you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't mean I'm forgiving. It just means like for me, five is mediocre. Four is like bad. Range. What's that? Have like a larger range. Where some people will like a movie, they'll be like. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I'm giving it a two out of ten. Yeah, it feels it feels very dramatic. But then people do on the other end too, where they'll give like nines and tens to things. Like I'm very um, those are very special for yeah. me. Yeah, like most if you look at like my like bar graph on Letterbox. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a bell curve. Like it's mostly concentrated at sevens, maybe mm-hmm. disproportionately so. Yeah, mine too. And it's, it's like, it kind of it. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It, you know, so, so I'm gonna give this a five. Are you gonna say? Uh, Below or above Batman 43? I'm going to put this above Batman 43. Mm. Um, just because while it is mostly boring, it's not always boring. Mm-hmm. Whereas Batman 43 is boring, long, and <laughs> racist. It's <laughs> true. You know, so I'm going to stick it to those racist guys by putting this movie with a black woman in front of it. Um, we love black women. We do love black women. Um, Hire more black women, please. That's it. <laughs> Make more movies about <laughs> black women. That's it for this week's episode of Now. That's what I call a franchise. Next week, we'll be watching the next film in the franchise, the 2005 film Batman Begins. I am so excited. Viviana, where can they find us? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Franchise Podcast. We know you have many podcasting options, and we thank you for choosing us. Peace out, guys. Later, Gators.